Here we are another week, another uh, set of podcasts that we're getting ready to, to roll out to talk about all kinds of different things this week. Every once in a while I get the feeling, oh my gosh, it's another week. <laughs> they, they roll by quickly. They, they do. Wow. They do. This, I was is, this is the busiest time. This is when they roll out at an increasingly rapid rate. Feels like it. Um, as we approach the holidays. Yeah. You know, the last quarter of the year just seems to fly by. Absolutely. You know, so get ready. It's already... We're approaching the second week of October, right? You know, which is uh, yeah, it is. What happened to the summer? Absolutely, yeah. it is the second week of October, and it's it's just it's just flying by. And I was I was talking to a teacher yesterday yeah. about uh, you know the first quarter of the school year is already over, right? right. Um, and so we're just getting ready to st now start the second quarter. By the so. time we get turned around, it'll be the halfway because it typically ends before the holiday season, right. and so w within a few weeks we're going to be there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just. Um, alarming and how rapidly the weeks fly by. Right. Mm. Now, um, so this week we're going to cover a, a lot of different Ridge, topics, right. mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to start Monday, today, with mm -hmm. a, a, the topic of OCD. Now, back in May, we did a whole week right. on, on OCD, so you can go back and, and look at those podcasts for a lot more information right. about OCD. But we're going to talk about it today because today marks the International OCD Foundation's um, uh, acknowledgement, or, or uh, they, they have identified this week as, as right. uh, OCD Awareness Week. Right. And so we thought we would start out the week talking right. a little bit about OCD. So if you're interested in more details, you right. can go back to the May podcast. Uh, but what we thought we'd do today is organize um, some of these, the recent findings that have come out, sort of on the one hand, review mm -hmm. the essential features of OCD, right. talk about um, a treatment, mm -hmm. you know, one of the most successful treatments, and um, and just review some of the things we've covered in the past, Absolutely. just as a reminder. Yeah, um, I was uh, surprised by some of the data presented mm -hmm. on this topic. Yeah, one in forty. Yeah, um, individuals have mm -hmm. OCD in their yeah. lifetime, yeah. which is um, sort of. More than more than you would suspect, right. um, and it's the fourth most right. common mm -hmm. um, disorder. Yeah, which also was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I wouldn't have put it up that high. Right, and I, I think part of that is because you know we have traditionally thought of OCD as a, a condition requiring both obsessions and compulsions, right. and and the DSM now, uh, and it's not new to the DSM five. Right. It was in the DSM four as mm -hmm. well, but uh, the way that it is written is that. A person can have obsessions or compulsions and right. or compulsions. So while, uh, again, in the past, I think we may have been a little right. bit more stringent with diagnostic criteria mm -hmm. requiring both, now with the, with the idea that you can have both or either, right. uh, it increases the, the prevalency rate pretty, right. pretty considerably. And one of the things we want to review is what these words mean. Right. Okay. So an obsession begins with obsession and as, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, we did a seminar years ago um, in uh, Tampa. He mm -hmm. came um, to visit, he's the OCD expert, he's at Temple University. Phil. Kendall. Uh, Kendall. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was the first time I had heard that you develop compulsive behaviors to manage your obsessive behaviors. It took me Ten years to keep those two straight, yeah. but obsessions are obsessive thoughts, thoughts or mm -hmm. images, or beha not behaviors. They're ideations, right? The things that pop into your head right. 
that you don't really want. Right. They're, they're intrusive in the sense of unwelcome. Right. Okay, they're unwelcome thoughts that pop in your head or images or ideas. Mm -hmm. But this is stuff that comes into your head that you really don't want. Right. Compulsions mm -hmm. are behaviors that you use to keep the obsessions at bay mm -hmm. or to keep the obsessions away. You right. keep doing it over and over and over and over. For ex and the easiest example is germs. Right. You know, if, if you're if you're if you have a phobia about germs, mm -hmm. constantly thinking about germs, and right. uh, I saw one today that the germs will somehow get from the door handle to your kitchen, or mm -hmm. they'll get from mm -hmm. clean clothes to dirty clothes. Right. You have this transfer of germs that, that are going to do harm to you. So the obsession is that germs are going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. You have this obsessive right. thought about being hurt. So you wash your hands over and over and over and over and over and over again to deal with the germs. Right. So the compulsive hand washing is used to deal with the obsession. Right. So the obvious treatment, therefore, becomes um, ending one of the, how do you end one or the other? You gotta right. break this chain between right. these two. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things, uh, though, that I'll, I'll mention here is that uh, because the diagnostic criteria requires one or the other, That's right. uh, you don't have to have both. I, like I have right. a person that I've worked with who has compulsive hand washing, mm -hmm. but he's not worried about germs. Right, we would almost say obsessive hand washing. You right. Know, so, but you're right, and that's why I mentioned the two that usually they're together. Right. But either is sufficient. Right. So, so this this particular person will wash his hands compulsively, but he doesn't even know why. But he said that that you know he's not thinking about germs. He's not right. really worried about being dirty or anything like that. In fact, he will wash his hands sometimes right after he gets out of the shower. Right. And and that's why. Um, I think it's it's a step in the right direction mm -hmm. to say you don't have to have both because right. it was often hard to distinguish or hard right. to find why a person would compulsively wash their hands mm -hmm. over and over, mm -hmm. even when they're clean, they wash right. them again. Um, or Jack Nicholson in that wonderful scene right. where the water was so hot that he could hardly stand it. Right. Didn't happen. There was no reason to do it. He just had to do it. Right. So I think that DSM does did a service, mm -hmm. did a service by um, making it either right. or. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and as you said, the, the obvious treatment um, thing about the diagnostic criteria is that typically a person with OCD knows that what they're doing mm -hmm. is- Oh, they're aware. Is, is excessive. They, they typically know that it's, they are doing it more than they need to do it or that they are worried about it more than they need to be worried about it. Mm -hmm. um, so there is oftentimes this awareness. And in kids, it's not, as often that they that they right. are, had that kind of insight, but that's simply really because of age. And yeah, and the difference is that that um, mature um, teenagers or mature adults right. realize that they realize that that it, they already know it's irrational. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we always talked about before was, well, you know, this is irrational. They already know it's irrational. Mm -hmm. I have a dear friend who has OCD, mm -hmm. and yeah, he has both, and I will say to him, I said, you know we do have medication for that. And he just laughs because he's fully aware that he has it. Right. Um, it, it it's impairing to a lot of other people mm -hmm. because he, he kind of imposes right. things on you. Right. But it's not, he doesn't see it as, impa as impairing. And right. I mean, he works and has relationships and does things. Um, 
but he has this little friend, you know, mm -hmm. the, these little obsessions and compulsive behaviors that he does yeah. um, to sort of manage his life. Mm -hmm. It works for him. He mm -hmm. could never be married or right. be a parent. Young children, on the other hand, don't realize because right. it doesn't impair them. I mean, they right. can still go to school and play sports and do the right. things that they're doing because they don't have to maintain a right. job and a family. And or, or even if it does impair them because they can't, um, you know, for whatever reason, right. um, they it, it's they don't necessarily have the insight because no. the OCD symptoms can show up as early as you know seven or oh, eight years old. Young, sure. um, so, mm -hmm. uh, so it's 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 a. You know, it's a little bit different with with kids, but you know, as you said, the primary treatment is to try to um, interrupt that cycle right. um, in some way, and there is a, um, a a cognitive behavioral type of approach mm -hmm. called um, exposure and response prevention (ERP), right. mm -hmm. um, and and ERP therapy is is has been shown to be very effective right. for people with OCD when it's when it's done adequately. Right. Um, what you're trying to what happens with OCD is is you this tape sort of replays mm -hmm. over and mm -hmm. over and over in your head, and the things that you obsess over become important. One mm -hmm. of the one of the important things, um, I think, in part of any treatment, is you don't want people to fight against it too hard because it just in, mm. it, it buries, it burrows down and gets even deeper in their mm -hmm. brains. Um, there's, a, there's a part of your brain that is overactive, mm -hmm. um, that, that worry, they call it right. the worry circuit, becomes overactive in a person's brain. We all have one. Um, but in people with OCD, it becomes overactive and it becomes continuous. There's mm -hmm. like this loop that, that right. keeps playing in, in your brain. And um, so what you want to do, what you don't want to do is is make the person, keep the person so aware of it. And well, you have to stop doing it, you have to stop doing it, you have to right. stop doing it. Well, in your effort to stop doing it, you're actually thinking about it more. Right. What you want to do is you want to decrease mm -hmm. its value. Right. You want to decrease its impact. Right. And the way to do that is through this, what they call ERP therapy, mm -hmm. exposure response um, and prevention therapy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, one uh, just a very quick example of this is a, a kid that I worked with. He was a teenager. He, he was a teenager at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's a, an adult now. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had OCD as it relates to orderliness in his mm -hmm. room, and so uh, he he needed everything in his room to be uh, arranged mm -hmm. and put in very specific places. And the big problem was that he has uh, had a younger brother who. <laughs> relish the idea of coming in and just kind of moving Tiny things and messing yeah. with things and it would really distress this patient right. so th such that he would you know if the brother came in and just moved something you know he would spend the next three hours just reorganizing everything right. even things that the brother didn't touch he would spend three hours mm -hmm. reorganizing things and so the using an ERP type of method uh, what we did was I, I had him uh, sit on the edge of his bed and just kind of shift something a little mm -hmm. bit out of place. Nothing significant, nothing drastic, but right. just shifted a little bit out of place. All the while, you know, engaging in some stress management, you know, mm -hmm. deep breathing and, and that kind of thing. And for him to sit there with that item out of place right. for and, until he began to feel the distress. Right. Um, and then every day just kind of extend that time a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, by the time it started getting you know, distressful, you know, go ahead and move it back really quick and then get out of the room and go do something. Right. And, um, 
uh, all the other time, you know, if he needs to rearrange things, right. you know, go ahead. Because again, as you said, you don't want them fighting it mm -hmm. too much because that can be problematic. So, um, but within a couple of weeks of, of doing this, right. you know, he he was finding significant relief in, in his symptoms. He right. was able to manage the, the stressors a lot mm -hmm. more and to the point where he came in for a session and he was very happy uh, to report that he didn't make his bed that morning. Right. You know, so he was able to right. not um, obsess right. over it so much that he had to b perform the behavior. And there are two important points in that in that uh, treatment scenario. One is that you began um, small. Right. You began with something he could tolerate. Right. The worst thing that could have happened was for you to go in and dis completely right. disrupt his entire room. Right. That would have been so overwhelming, and you used the word distress. Mm -hmm. That would have been so distressing to him that it would have fallen apart. Right. Okay, so when you're dealing with somebody with obsessive compulsive disorder, start with the easy stuff. Right. Okay, it's something really, really easy right. that they can tolerate for a few minutes, because what you want to do is you want them to get used to the idea that they can, they mm -hmm. can tolerate it, right. okay? Right. The second thing is that I've forgotten. The second thing. Well, I don't know what the second thing was. Can you? I'm going to remember it in a second. Um, no, well, the, the second thing was maybe that th there wasn't a pressure that he had to always do it. Uh, the 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 idea oh. was mm -hmm. you do it for a few minutes and then you don't have to stress about you know 24 hours a day of treatment. Right. Um, you don't have to think about it that much. Right. I remember the second thing now. Okay. He had to keep his room neat mm -hmm. for some reason. Right. We don't know what it is. Right. Okay. Because he doesn't know the obsessive thoughts. Right. He has this compulsive need to right. keep his room clean. So you can't belittle it. You right. can't tease him about it. You can't criticize him. We don't know what the reason is. He just has this need. Right. And you have to let him have that need. It's mm -hmm. not stupid. It's not crazy. It's not silly. He has this need. The best thing to do is is just go to that next step, right. which you did, was you can tolerate a little bit of this. Right. To convince him that he can tolerate. And you teach him that he, that he can regain control of mm -hmm. this, that he can mm -hmm. control it. Then you So you succeed with a little thing, and then you go on to the next thing. Right. Either more time, when you accomplish that, then you go on to the next right. behavior. And when mm -hmm. you accomplish that, you go on to the next behavior. And eventually he'll learn how to do this himself. Right. And that's, you pass it on, you right. pass the intervention on to him. Absolutely. So, yeah, two, th two parts yeah. to it. Now, um, one, of the, one of the other really important aspects to treatment for uh, OCD, especially with mm -hmm. the ERP treatment, is that, uh, is something that we, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, and that is y your willingness to be healthy. You know, we talked, we had a podcast the other week about, um, you know, deciding to be healthy. Deciding to be healthy. Um, this take it takes work. You know, it, it's. I don't want to say it's easy no, to maintain. I, it is, in a way, it is. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's easier to be depressed. It's, it's yeah. just easier to let yourself go, and, yeah. and I just can't do it. Learn helplessness. Right. You know, we just yeah. say, I just can't. I'm, I'm just too hard. You know, how many kids do we have who come in and say, it's it, homework is just too hard. I, I just yeah. can't do yeah. it. And you're right, sometimes it is easier to slip into those sorts mm -hmm. of states of mind. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there is a, an active decision that has to be made to say, I'm going to 
change this. I, I'm going to get better. Uh, and right. because it's going to take work, it's going to take concerted effort. Mm -hmm. um, and and this, the kid that I used as the example, he was determined. And, and, and right. because he was determined, it was extremely effective. Right. Um, yeah. You know, we see lots and lots of people who, who aren't determined. Mm -hmm. And because they're not determined, it's not as effective. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that if it's not effective for you that, you're, that you don't, aren't really as committed right. as, you, as you want to be or think you are. Um, it's just that that is a major aspect of it. That's right. The so. desire to be well, to right. be whole, to be healthy. And that's why we call what we do wellness. Right. Okay? We, we are interested in your wellness, your well-being. Mm -hmm. um, and you're absolutely right. It, it, sometimes it's easy to feel sorry for yourself, to be depressed, mm -hmm. to be unhappy, to be sad. Uh, it's an easier place mm -hmm. to be for some people. But you don't want to be there. Right. And whoever, whoever you're, whomever you're working with as, as a patient or as a client, um, must be involved in the therapy. Yeah. This isn't something you can do to people. This is like education. You can't give somebody, it's something, learning is something that a person has to do. Right. You have to want yeah. to learn. You have well, to be able to do the work. Well, you know, medication is the good example, right? A lot of people right. fall back to medication because it's passive. You, you don't really have to do anything for the right. medication to work. And you, you feel better. Take it. Right. right. And you mm -hmm. might feel better. Um, so, so this type of therapy does require a lot of work. And again, uh, just to reemphasize, um, just because a therapy isn't working doesn't mean it's not because you're trying, uh, because you're not trying. Because it doesn't mean right. that you're you're not interested in getting well. It's right. just um, it could be a, a an aspect for some people. So, but, but again, we start small, right? You know, yeah. lear learn that you can do it yeah. and that it is possible, right. and and then move, take a little bit at a time. Right. You know. Um, before we leave this topic, um, one thing that's worth mentioning is the World Health Organization. It, it's worth doing because the World Health Organization has identified OCD as one of the 10 most handicapping conditions. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So this is serious business that right. we're talking about. But don't rush out for medication. There's yeah. really no need to. Yeah. Um, there are many things you can do, and this, this ERP therapy is, is a really good place to start. But in the hands of a skilled practitioner, yeah. um, the art of this beyond the, we know the science is good and the science supports the use of this therapy, but the art of it is, as Dr. Bernie just said, you have to know where to begin and you have to know how much this right. particular person can tolerate. Right. And you start with the low hanging fruit, you right. start with something simple that you know they can tolerate and gradually build their confidence right. until they can take over. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. All right, that is it for today. Uh, until next time. Yes. Stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.